0: hey what's going on peoples I have on okay I don't want to butcher it but here we go Aline Aline no
1: Aline I like Ooh. Allison and then Lynn Aline oh that's beautiful very old French name very oh, difficult lovely. for anglophones
0: oh it's lovely though and Cormier <laughs> I discovered you from I don't even know just the internet of the internet and I discovered that you have done over 750 feature film of movies from a feminist perspective and i'm so intrigued by that i've loved movies since forever um and i read some of your blog stuff um last night just kind of dissecting some of the movies that one you know just a couple of them um and it was fascinating it was so i came into my feminism um pretty recently and i i it certainly has changed my perspective on movies and the world around me Um, so when I watch a movie now, things that you mentioned in your blog, um, really do stick out to me. So I I love your work and it's very profound and I don't even know where to start, honestly. How did you get into doing that or what, I don't know, what inspired you to do that?
1: Um, well, it started around 2015. So I am, thanks very much for having me on, on, by the way. No problem. No problem. (laughs) Um, in 2015, I began writing a book about the sexualization of women in media and violence against women. Mm -hmm. And that book covered five media. So pornography, film, television, magazines, and music videos. But my film chapter was getting too unwieldy. I mean, it was over 100 pages of, you know, eight and a half by 11 pages. So I decided that I would take that chapter out. Or sorry, sorry that comes later. Mm-hmm. Um, I, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself here. Yeah, okay, okay. I had too much information in that chapter, but I didn't want to lose it because it's really fascinating information, and I thought it could be useful to women. So I decided to make a film guide, and that way I could keep that information, and and I wouldn't feel that. I had to have it in my first book. So that's how the film guide began. Um, I think I began writing it in 2018. And I had analyzed over 700 movies. Now I'm up to over 750 movies Mm -hmm. analyzed for the the first book. And I turned 500 of those into film reviews.
0: Amazing. Is that the stuff on your blog or... What do you mean by film
1: review? So the the film guide has film reviews that are very, very detailed film reviews. Mm -hmm. And on my website, in my book blog, that's just... Typically, I just take one aspect of the movie to discuss. So either the sexualization or the violence against women and girls or the silencing of the female characters. I don't discuss it all like I would in a film review.
0: Gotcha. So what was the first book you were writing? What was that focused
1: on? Um, so the sexualization of women and girls in media and violence against women and girls all over the world. So <laughs> very, very broad. Yeah. Um. So the film guide hasn't been published yet. I'm still looking for a publisher. Mm hmm. <laughs>
0: especially now, have you had difficulties with that?
1: Well, I have actively
0: seeking publishers or have you not gotten there yet?
1: No, i am I'm actively seeking a publisher. I had a reputable Canadian publisher who contacted me in March and said, looks good. We're interested or I'm interested. This was the editor in chief of the, of the publishing company. And, um, and we started talking about it. We exchanged, you know, a dozen emails. And then he hmm. said, but I'm only one of three people on the, the editorial team. And our process of deciding whether or not to publish a book takes six to eight months. So, mate, you know, it's a very long process. Uh-huh. So I'm waiting, basically
0: is is that is he serious is that usual yeah yeah that's one of those like bs things like oh you know what i'm saying like it's a book about women issues and we all know nowadays uh writing a book about especially the transgender stuff publishers would drop you at the as soon as they figure out what your book is about i've heard that i think i don't know if that happened to linda i can't remember now it feels like every woman i know who has written a book has had their publisher drop them so i was curious if that's what you ran into i didn't know if that was like a runaround thing like or i guess maybe he was i don't know maybe he kind I don't of think said
1: it's something a okay I, but... I do believe that it's really um that is the process because okay. when when you send proposals mm-hmm. to to publishers you know on their websites it it says very matter of factly okay. this process you know, even reading your manuscript and getting back to you can take six to eight months or longer, whatever. I mean, it's just very slow. Yeah. So, which is difficult when you're an impatient person and you can't wait to share this information. Yeah. Hence the book blog, hence, you know, the, the Japanese sock videos. So it's a (laughs) way Can you explain
0: that? I I have an (laughs) idea of why that was, but if you would like to explain that.
1: Okay, so I have a YouTube channel that I started that I I just began posting clips from movies, just mm-hmm. scenes that I found uplifting. And then then I decided I would I I wanted to share information about movies, so I started my Japanese sock videos, which are so instead of seeing me speaking because I hate being in the limelight, yeah. uh, I just film my feet wearing a pair of socks that I got for Christmas. and they're they're Japanese socks. like they have artwork on them from um, I can't remember his name Isn't right a now. painting like that? yes, yes.
0: I also thought it was quite hilarious and maybe unintentional <laughs> or intentional to bring in the feet fetish people, like, unintentionally.
1: <laughs> See, have you I ever thought have, of that? <laughs> I hope I don't have any of those. Oh, if I guarantee I do, it. I'm those people a...
0: definitely exist. Uh, this is a random side note, but I did a photo shoot just having fun with my husband, like, when we first met and um I was wearing like fun socks and it was like me in a bathtub just being girly I have no idea um and I uploaded that to DeviantArt and I got so many comments like nice socks and then I was like oh this is like fetish <laughs> content and I didn't I wasn't doing that for fetish feet sock stuff but wow is that a I mean is that shocking no of course it's not but I was like ew so I pretty sure quickly took that shit down no, um, I realized that huh.
1: some men have feet fetishes, but I just didn't imagine that these videos could actually attract them. Hey, because... man, if
0: it if it brings them in to listen to what you're saying, I was like, that's brilliant marketing, <laughs> dude.
1: <laughs> well, if they do listen, they will likely learn something. That's yeah, that's great. Go
0: figure, wow, isn't that how, isn't that how interesting it is? Ah, uh, to <laughs> people, wow, and having a conversation and not shutting it down. Sorry, I don't know if I cut you off and you explained I'd, that.
1: I don't think they would stay long, though, honestly, because it's really feminist commentary. Know, right? My feminist views very much inform mm-hmm. my film commentary and my film reviews. So I can't see a foot fetishist for staying <laughs> for very long. True. Um,
0: yep, so we explained that one. That was just me curious um, on what that was, but hey, ma'am. Did you even fully explain it before I cut off and went on my tangent thing?
1: Um, about the film guide or about the Japanese sock videos It
0: started with the Japanese sock thing. And then (laughs) is, I guess, is that the verbal, uh, version of the, what the blog stuff you do? Is that kind of the same? Yes, that's
1: exactly it is. I take the uh, book blog post and I mm. basically just read it.
0: Wow, how many blog posts do you have? I didn't get through enough last night.
1: I have done dozens. And I've, I haven't made all that many Japanese sock videos.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. But
1: I mean, really what I need to get out is the film guide because mm-hmm. that has, because each review provides information on lots of different aspects, right? Viol- the, the violence perpetrated against the female characters, how they are sexualized, how they're silenced, if they're silenced. All kinds of things, language used.
0: Yeah, let's get into an example because I know. Sure. I'm sure you'd love to, because what you what you do. I don't know if you wanted to pick a movie or whatnot. Um, well, I hear
1: you? you are a big fan of American Beauty.
0: Well, I was. I mean, it's just one of the. I liked. I liked a lot of messed up movies, like Donnie Darko, Train Spotting. Uh, honestly, movies that I really loved was like Drugs. Um, I don't know what you call Lars von Trier. The, his movies are super fucked up. And honestly, I wish I never saw *Midsummer*. and I'm very serious. Um,
1: I, uh... I, I saw his, the first movie of his I saw, I was which one was in that? high school or university. Um, I can't remember the name, but it's about a family reunion in a house and the whole, it, it takes place over a weekend, I think. Is it in maybe house?
0: No. Is it?
1: No, I don't think so. And it's the father's birthday
0: Hmm.
1: or something. I can look it up. And it's, it's, uh, we discover that the children were sexually abused by the father. Lovely. Yeah. I mean,
0: his movies are so fucked up. Um, and I used to like really messed up films like that just because I actually don't know. And maybe it's just morbid curiosity. But, uh, now I'm like, nah, dude. There's some movies that, I'll just say it, uh, the most messed up film I've ever seen is Martyrs. And it's one of those films that I usually don't tell, even, like, say the name of it because it's horrific. But wow. Some movies I'm just like, why is this being made? Why was that made? I don't know. It's so fucked up beyond.
1: Um. Uh... I'm just checking IMDb, and I haven't mm. found the name of this movie. But it's um, sounds
0: messed up. Regardless.
1: It, it it was messed up, and life is short, you know. And there's no need for us to watch every single movie that was ever made. Yeah, and women yep. especially. I mean, we we have very busy schedules. We don't have a lot of time. We don't have to watch everything. Yeah. So there's some movies you can just take a pass on.
0: Yeah, 100%. Plus, everything you see and hear goes into your brain. You can't exactly do the Dumbledore taking the memory thing out or whatever. You can't (laughs) remove imagery and really mm, psychological, just really dark imagery. And to me, demonic and just awful. I mean, that stuff's going to be in your head forever. So do you really want to spend time watching stuff that... It's really going to shift your perspective in not a great way, you know. Um, I just, I don't, I think that movies have a really profound effect on humans um, beyond. A lot of people mimic movies, I think, on a subconscious or a deliberate level. I've seen mm-hmm. uh, the yeah. I Love You Now Die documentary about that girl that convinced her boyfriend to kill himself. She was obsessed with the show Glee. She literally, like, um, parroted quotes from the show, and she modeled herself off one of the, uh, female characters from the show and her boyfriend was modeled after after the uh the, the the i think there was an actor that wound up killing himself and then uh, it was just wild i was like wow just I well mean, people right parrot there.
1: movies all the time think yeah. about just the top guns um i feel the need the need for speed
0: mm-hmm.
1: right that one. Go on, you haven't seen go top on. gun uh,
0: uh, uh i don't think so I've it- seen the whole thing i thought you were saying <laughs> i feel the need for speed is uh oh, no a movie. like
1: Sorry. so in top gun Mm. uh one of the guys i can't remember if it's tom cruise or somebody else and maybe they say it more than once they say i feel the need the need for speed yeah and guys and boys say that they quote that in real life Mm. they've quoted it in other movies if you've seen for Mm. example um the best exotic marigold hotel a little boy says that hmm Yep. And he's, so he's parroting, Yeah, he's quoting that movie. And we're talking about a movie that came out in the 1980s mm-hmm. and the best exotic Marigold hotel came out recently, was yeah. released recently. Yep. Right. So
0: that sounds so, like a more innocent way of mimicking a movie, but I think we can all imagine like, you know, the example I gave of how mm-hmm. bad, you know, Scene, oh definitely really messed up yeah
1: can you provide yeah examples, i was providing or... a benign example yeah but yeah. they're definitely more messed up exa- and i was giving you a hard time about american beauty oh no i know it's about, fine about liking no, american you're fine. Beauty. I, hey i think i think you don't actually enjoy that movie anymore
0: I, oh well yeah <laughs> if i were watching it now i don't think i would even want to watch it now i think it's I, this is what i say about actors like kevin spacey something i've come to realize that I don't really believe these people okay i think that the actors that are really good at the gig that they're typecasted into or you know it's usually like the angry boss or uh the assertive woman i feel like these people are genuinely that in real life so if you're a repeated creep in movies because i watched um (laughs) kevin spacey the
1: uh he's very good at anger Kevin Spacey is really good at just being and creepy. freaking and just freaking creepy. out like having a mm, mm-hmm. losing his mind he's mm-hmm. very he's done it in so many movies right
0: yeah I'm like why are you so good at that I think that you're <laughs> just that's your natural behavior in real life you know you don't have to try really to uh achieve these personas because it really lives in, in you so uh, is it really acting that much especially when they're great actors? I don't think, for me personally, I don't think so. That's just me.
1: Well, I'm so I'm less concerned about the way actors behave in their personal lives. I'm much more concerned with the way they act in movies. Yeah. So how they treat women and girls, the female characters. Um, American Beauty, though, <laughs> that could have been called the tale of the bullying pedophile. Yeah.
0: Ooh, go on. I honestly haven't seen it in a while, so I don't... I'd have... It'd be really interesting, honestly, to watch now to pick up on things where I'm like, oh, wow. You know?
1: He's, um... So it's filmed in such a way that he is supposed... You're, the viewer is supposed to sympathize with his character. But he's a bully hmm. and a pedophile.
0: Who did he bully? I honestly... That, that's... It's been forever.
1: His wife. It's, um... Hmm. It's really yeah. well, he he bullies both his wife and his daughter, yeah. But it's a very messed up movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he so he'll he shouts at her in more than one scene, and then after he, he shouts at her, he smiles, mm. you know, like he, yeah, you're right, Crazy. he enjoys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that that movie has. I'm just trying to at dissect my review your log it. up Yeah, I mean, it's, if you um, can literally
0: read the sections of it or the whole thing, it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> well, I can't do that, but it has very little to offer female viewers. <laughs> yeah. um, the what do, just do well, and that's the thing, right? When you get a movie that does have a lot to offer female viewers, it it becomes a favorite, mm-hmm. right? Like Little Women has been remade. I don't know how many times five times or something wow i didn't know that Hmm. the latest being the 2019
0: i watched it recently on the
1: adaptation i think Mm -hmm. i mean that movie has more to offer female viewers than i think any other movie ever made
0: wow what about uh sisterhood of the traveling i'm trying to think of like overtly girly movies i don't know i have no idea if that's a movie that's like yay positive messages for women or is it like i don't even know how to um, frame that like
1: um, off the top of my head i i don't remember i think it has i think it did have a lot to offer female viewers Mm -hmm. here's the thing is when you've written and when you have taken notes detailed notes on over 750 movies you tend to forget a lot
0: uh yeah easily
1: so I find myself when I'm asked about films, I have to go back to my notes to either my reviews or my actual, I have six or seven binders full of notes wow. from movies because, I mean, this is, so this is what I do when I watch a movie. I've got a notepad and a pen and really? I take mostly, usually I take two to four pages of notes, but for some movies, it's a lot more. Like I think for *Gone with the Wind*, I took twelve pages of notes Obviously. and then condensed that into a into a re- movie review that's mm-hmm. much much shorter, right? Like yeah. try to fit it on one page, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, but to go back to *American Beauty*, um, if I
0: yeah yeah please can please. do
1: that. Um, teenage girls are hypersexualized and pornographized. Females are demeaned, insulted, silenced, bullied. They are rude to each other, and for the most part, they are unhappy. There are no congenial relationships between females.
0: Hmm. Yeah,
1: I'm not saying that a movie that has those things couldn't in- couldn't have anything to offer female viewers. Right, but this one doesn't. Right? Like, I, w- I would like to hear somebody try to make a case for what American beauty has to offer female viewers.
0: Devil's advocate kind of a thing. Like, could it teach women? Like, I don't even know if this is beneficial. I mean, I, I feel like it is how men think. Like, if men write this kind of shit, does that make sense? Like, it, it right, could like, but... be a warning or, of some sort or like educational... T- <laughs> You know what I mean? Like the, inside the mind of a man, which is basically every movie.
1: Well, that's the thing is yeah. that we have over 100 years of traditional cinema and mm-hmm. filmmakers have been predominantly men that entire time. Yeah. I think we've got a pretty good grasp of how men think. <laughs> <laughs> what we need now oh, yeah, is more. <laughs> we, You know, we need a lot more movies by women filmmakers. Yes. Yep. Especially, you know, filmmakers like Greta Gerwig who made *Little Women*, who who insert into movies so much for female viewers. That's rare. It's you know what I loved rare. about the recent
0: *Little Women*. I will say, and I'm just critical about every movie, whatever. It's my own opinion anyway. Um, it, I thought it was long, but um, I mean, whatever. It's just it's just a, a very detailed movie. But what I loved about how what they were able to capture in the recent *Little Women* is the, like, loving elements of a room filled with women just mm-hmm. chatting and braiding each other's? So I don't want to, it sounds stereotypical, but it's, like, it's so much more than, like, it's just one of the things that you, have to, you really have to watch for yourself. Like, me saying it doesn't do any kind of effect, but it was such a lovely, I really felt like the sisterhood of, like, safety and mother and daughter uh friendship uh laughing poking fun i don't know and you can only find that with women in women's spaces with no men i
1: there yeah there are lots of congenial affectionate relationships between female characters sisters mother daughter and you don't get that in a lot in 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 most movies, the relationships between women are antagonistic. Mm-hmm. They're hostile. Wow. <laughs> so you know movies that that are where the screenplay is written by women typically you don't have that, right? So some like nine to five, which came Such out in 1980, movie. I think. Mm-hmm. right? Hilarious. Congenial, great friendships between yep. women.
0: I'm gonna play dumb here why would why would men put that in films is that to like pit us against each other in real life like ew women Ugh, yeah that's right women are caddy or women you know what i'm saying like i feel like it's just, so many of parts of movies is like programming and um yeah planting things in your brain about society
1: yeah well i think the male filmmakers typically only include females as for their sex appeal as mm-hmm. sex objects uh, as supportive roles to play supportive roles or to pit them against each other i think they just have so their mm-hmm. their interest in women is so limited mm-hmm. that explains mm-hmm. why we get those portrayals that's my take on it mm-hmm. anyhow i mean if you look at the number of movies where you don't even see you don't even ever get two women speaking to each other
0: yeah um, that's so interesting i saw one of your movie uh, discussions i'm sure obviously it wasn't it was more than one movie but the one i don't remember what movie it so was
1: I'll so i'll give you a yeah. list of movies please. okay do. in these yeah. movies no two women ever speak armageddon the the shawshank redemption rain man high plains drifter casablanca dunkirk miller's crossing Casino Royale, hmm. Batman, The Mummy Wars. that came out in 1999, The Jungle Book 2016. Wow. Misery, A Clockwork Orange, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I mean, I could go on and on, right? They they're just they aren't interested. Male filmmakers have shown over the last 100 plus years that they are they are disinterested in showing women interact positively they don't mind showing women interacting negatively hmm. right hostilely they do that all the time but it, it seems like it's only female filmmakers who are interested in showing us having
0: congenial
1: affectionate relationships
0: that says a whole hell of a lot about men just even listening to women or being you know having that even remotely be on their radar of uh, as simple as having a a tiny one-off dialogue with with two women like that's i was wondering like in those movies i'm gonna assume that there's more than one woman cast in it the the ones you just listed off because obviously Uh
1: um, there could be a chance
0: where they could talk to another woman. It says a lot.
1: No, not, not not necessarily. So, for hmm. some of those movies, maybe there wasn't more than one named woman. But hmm. having w- women speak generally does not seem to interest male filmmakers. Like, okay, in, in, oh. if you <laughs> if you look at this, the original Star Wars trilogy. Have hmm. you seen the original Star Wars trilogy?
0: Uh, my friend, it's so funny. If you haven't, uh, you're, like, one of the only
1: people on the planet. The
0: original completely. Um, I don't know. It's, God, there's so much of, like, movies and TV like, that... Like, okay, so...
1: Yeah, go ahead. Star Wars, which is, we now call it A New Hope, The Return of the Jedi, and The, and the Empire Strikes Back. Have you uh-huh. seen those three?
0: I think so. Like, I honestly can't remember. I'd have to, like, <laughs> yes. I'm gonna say yes. I'm not, like, okay. what is Star Wars? I mean, I know that Leia is, like, a freaking slave, and little girls look up to that. Like, ridiculous.
1: Well... I, so I, I really like Princess Leia. She's, I find her assertive. Yes. But if you look at how much speaking time female characters get in the, the original Star Wars trilogy, okay, if you took out Princess Leia from those three movies, um, the total speaking time for female characters is 63 seconds. Like she play, is the yeah. only significant female character in that trilogy. So I I didn't do this, the timing, because timing, um, speaking time for female characters isn't something that really interests me, so I rarely do it. But Julia Baird wrote in the New York Times in 2016, if you took Princess Leia out of Star Wars, the total speaking time for female characters is 63 seconds out of the original trilogy's 386 minutes.
0: Wow. I'm going to play the male here and be like, well, why would you put in women speaking? Because there's only one female main character. Why why would you force... I don't know. It's just like...
1: Why wouldn't you have more female characters? You know, when I named all of those movies where you don't ever get two women speaking to each other, Mm -hmm. how many movies can you name in which there are no two men who speak to each other?
0: I love that question. So interesting.
1: I can't... I can name two and one is a remake of the first one so
0: i'm gonna guess was it a woman director or a filmmaker
1: it seems um, too obvious i'll check so the women came out in 1939 and in that movie we don't ever see a man it's oh. only female characters it was directed by george cucker Hmm. I believe is the pronunciation it's of his called name. called The Women? The Women. Hmm. Okay. there We never see a man. Hmm. It's just women. So, yes, no two men ever speak. There was a remake. Someone made a remake in 2008. Same thing. No two men ever speak because there are no men in that movie. Mm-hmm. And that one was directed by Diane English. Hmm. Someone sent me the title of another movie in which no two men ever speak, but I can't remember what it is, but basically I have heard of three movies in which yep. no two men ever speak. And I can name
0: countless, All like, them, like dozens
1: of movies in Every which movie ever. like in my first book, I have a list actually. Mm-hmm. And there are many, many movies, right? Right in which no two women ever speak. Yep. So this is one indication that men just, male filmmakers do not have an interest in seeing that. I mean, there are a lot of things that don't interest male filmmakers Mm -hmm. that really interest female filmmakers. Yeah, but when
0: men are interested in having women in their films, like your um, write-up about, I've seen the poster, but 42 meters down. I mean, incredibly disturbing Forty-seven. And, for, yeah, excuse me. I don't know why we're too, I mean, incredibly disturbing yet zero shocking, obviously. Can you describe that? Um, I'm sure this is, I think that exists in so many horror movies, honestly, uh, of what goes on with women in that movie, you know,
1: 47 meters down has nothing, ba- practically nothing to offer female viewers. Um, So there are a lot of interactions with between females because it's mostly female characters, but they are they are being terrified for most of the movie, and they're being sexualized. And Mm -hmm. oh, okay. So are we talking about Forty Seven Meters Down or the the, the, sequel, Forty Seven Meters Down? I I guess it's the
0: sequel. Yeah.
1: Okay. Just so the so 47 meters down uncaged um which was released in 2019 um has i think four significant female characters teenage girls that are still in high school and we see them whimpering shrieking screaming crying they're chased repeatedly the camera focuses again 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 and again on their bare legs, their close-ups of their screaming faces, and slow-motion shots of their agonies. And you—you you have to wonder who finds this enjoyable. Exactly. If you yep. compare that forty-seven meters down, uncaged, to Jaws, mm. there's a huge difference between those two. In Jaws, we, there's only one significant female character. Um, the lead male's wife Lorraine Gary Mm -hmm. she sorry that's her the actress's name she plays Mm -hmm. Ellen Ellen Brody so Mm -hmm. Ellen Brody is never in any danger she's never hunted by a shark and then you so you could say well look Jaws only has one significant character fine she's treated very well Mm -hmm. or relatively well yeah Right? She's never in any danger. But then you go to 47 meters down uncaged, and two or three of the girls die before the end. No, I think it's two of them. I think two of them make it out alive. Mm -hmm. But two of them are grabbed by the waist by a great white shark. Mm -hmm. I mean...
0: It's so blatant. It's like, really, dude? Ugh, God. Most of those movies... I mean, those are trash movies to begin with, but like why is this shipping may it's so clearly like softcore violent
1: porn it was shit. torturous to watch yeah yeah I'm it, sure. w- it was not it was not enjoyable it's not like watching that. little women <laughs> polar opposite it sounds like exactly um So what I wrote in my book blog for that was that the girl's terror begins somewhere around the 30 to 35 minute mark and continues until the last 30 seconds or so of the movie. So for well over half of the movie, female viewers are shown terrified girls. And after all that, all we get is one minute, one peaceful minute at the very end.
0: Wow. That sounds horrible. Who wants to watch that? Well, yeah.
1: I can see misogynists wanting to watch this. Of
0: course. Absolutely.
1: You know, if you don't, if you hate women and girls, Oh yeah. Why wouldn't you want to watch a movie where they're being, where they look terrified throughout, where their lives are in danger, where they're getting ripped apart by sharks. Right. It's like a misogynist dream. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But for a woman or for a female viewer, I
0: wouldn't even step foot into watching crap like that. I mean, not even a huge fan of horror genre to begin with. I mean, I love The Shining and whatnot, but...
1: Of all the genres, horror has the least to offer female viewers. Oh,
0: 100%. Dude, I tried watching American Werewolf in London because I have loved special effects makeup for a while now and I thought I was going to do that at some point in my life. And I follow Rick Baker or some of these special effects artists and... I'm like, oh, you, you know, they keep seeing that on my Instagram, the uh, nostalgia photos from that set. So I tried watching it. Unbearable. Like, the the main... First of all, the opening scene is, like, two men shooting the shit in some foreign country talking about, like, I don't know, forcing the, their bodies or whatever on women. Just total misogyny, just gross male talk, whatever. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be terrible. But then the male character, like, meets up with... The, there's multiple things. It's a total shit show. I'm like, why was this movie ever praised how is it still praised it's so blatantly rapey and like just it's like a male fantasy um there's a scene where he's in the hospital and the nurse like sexily comes on to him and they kiss and she's all like like bimboy. look it's just the whole thing is like <laughs> what is this i mean that right there is already setting males up to be like oh this i mean
1: well that's the thing is that um the most most movies cater to male desires and fantasies men's desires and fantasies yeah
0: it was so blatant though i was like what the fuck is this i can't believe this was ever (laughs) i mean i know films back then were like so overtly or not even just films and life so beyond sexist and just disgusting and that shit was so normalized um yeah there's another part where He was like taking this girl back or woman back to his apartment and just like the the, the look on his face like I don't even think it was necessarily acting like it's acting but I'm like dude it's so rapey and the girl is like giggly and like <laughs> like loves it or like but it's also like no but yes i'm like oh like this is horrible so i the, mean that was made in what the 70s or 60 no not 60s well it could
1: 80s. very well have been the the 80s and Incredible. 90s were kind of the golden age um of film for women The the portrayals and treatment of women and girls in the 80s and 90s were better on average than they are now mm. There's been an escalation actually in the amount of violence and the sexualization. Now it's hypersexualization that that is the norm. Up. Right. And so what you were, I haven't seen the film that you were Lord. talking about, but um, her, so the female character's reaction. I couldn't even finish it by the his... way. I just had
0: to say that. I couldn't even finish it. I was like, turn <laughs> the shit off. This is terrible. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: Right. Well, so this is, imp- this is really important, the way female characters react to unwanted touching and inappropriate behavior. And that's something that I discuss in my film guide, because if it's one thing that filmmakers can do is normalize this behavior by making it appear acceptable. So yep. if the female characters are going along with it, you know, and they're not, there's no reproof. Then that's what female viewers are learning. That's what male viewers are learning. So if um, oh, what's that no, it's movie?
0: It's just movies. It's not real life. I'm like, nah, dude. Like this has a lot of programming and yeah, like I said, you know, mimicry, even on a level that is, I believe, very subconscious. Like yeah, you see that, and women.
1: Uh, well, so so males, male viewers internalize the message that it's all right it's acceptable to behave like that I like it. you know to grab women and kiss them and mm-hmm, yes. touch their bottom without being invited to do so yep. and female viewers get the message that this is not only is it normal for males to behave this way but when they do behave this way they don't need to say anything about it right not to it discourages having boundaries it discourages mm-hmm. women and girls from saying um don't touch me yep. get off me that's totally unacceptable yep. etc right because they keep seeing female characters in movies just going along with it just giggling or not saying anything yep. or worse yet um falling in love with the male character right so he's acting inappropriately and her response is to fall in love instead of saying you're a creep or you're unprofessional right yeah. if this is happening in the workplace and it oh, often yeah. does yeah. oh yeah and instead of saying right that's totally unacceptable going along with it well that's just it just contributes to the problem
0: of course it does yeah yeah Right. It's it's like role models, you know, um, just, is that gonna, what is that modeling for humans, males and females?
1: Yeah. Well, if I could, um, if I could read to you a short quote about, about, um, about the media and Mm -hmm. the media's influence on (laughs) how, how the media shapes our perceptions. Okay, so Gloria Steinem said in a public lecture she gave in 2014, entitled Media More Real Than Reality, Mm. begin quote, yet, because we are communal creatures, the media campfire is still where we learn what is normal, what is possible, what is desirable. Even if we're informed enough to know that the media are not reality, reality is reality, they still are the biggest force shaping what reality will become. End quote. Brilliant. Yeah. So, so not only do we need more female filmmakers getting their movies out there, getting funding for their projects. I mean, because they're out there. Mm-hmm. There there are lots and lots of female filmmakers. They're just not getting the money that male filmmakers are getting yeah and and to make what a lot of male filmmakers are making garbage and (laughs) yet they can they can they're given millions to make these movies whereas a lot of great female filmmakers their their screenplay may be resting in a you know on their desk for years because they just can't get the funding
0: yeah I mean, if they write women to movies or if they're in movies and they don't have them speak, it says a lot about even listening to them in real life, you know. Hello, it all adds up. It's not rocket science.
1: Can we, do we have time to go back? Yes, to we have enough. American we have all the time. We
0: have an, uh, yes, absolutely. Okay,
1: okay, let's play a game with okay. American Beauty, okay? No. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take a movie guide review of American Beauty. Okay. So this is, this is one of the many movie guides I have. Okay. Um, it's anyway, it's very mainstream. Okay. So what, so I'm going to read you the review for American beauty. Mm -hmm. And while you and your, your audience are listening, um, try to make note of what information is provided in this review about two things, Mm -hmm. the way the female characters are treated. And secondly, the way they're portrayed, Mm -hmm. just those two things. Okay. So it says, so hey
0: commercial break you can support my work by joining the rational revolution on my subscribe star which is subscribestar.com forward slash distorted lens or you can donate directly through my paypal which should be some link somewhere around here i'll put it up just want to have a commercial break and make sure that you uh, support my work if you enjoy the work that i do if you get any sort of entertainment any sort of education and you just want to support my work you can do that by doing one of the things i just mentioned so back to the show
1: American Beauty. When a film begins with the voiceover of a middle-aged man telling us that in a year from now he'll be dead, we know we're in for something different. Lester Burnham, that's um, in parentheses Spacey, so that's Kevin Spacey, is the quintessential middle-class white American trapped in a life that has leached him of all passion and zeal. On the outside he has much to envy. Great house, great lifestyle, attractive wife, in parentheses Benning, so that's Annette Benning, and daughter, but as we delve beneath the surface, we begin to realize that all is not roses in the Burnham household. His marriage has deteriorated into a campaign of snide comments and sarcasm, and his daughter is ambivalent towards him, an insult far greater than hate or rebellion. So when he catches the eye of her beautiful friend, Angela, um, that's Mina Suvari, it's enough to give his sad existence a new lease of excitement and purpose. Mendes, so that's Sam Mendes, directorial debut was the archetypal 90s film that expressed the repressions of American suburbia, peering through the curtains like a raincoat-wearing voyeur and delving into the characters' lives in an intrusive manner. Lester's middle-life sexual obsession is more wake-up call than realistic chase, giving him a whiff of the excitement he once experienced when life was more meaningful. Meanwhile, his, his... his unsatisfied wife embarks on an, inf- an affair with a sleazy estate agent and his daughter becomes involved with a strange boy living across the road who videos her from his bedroom. Gradually, the apparently quiet neighborhood is revealed in all its quirky, ugly nakedness. Although the premise of the film is to find out who murdered Lester, it's not really that important. The reason for his death and the road that takes each character towards a motive are the issues dealt with here. Okay. Okay. What did we learn about the portrayals of the female characters? How are they described?
0: Uh, Well, the woman cheated on the husband. The daughter... I don't even know if they said anything about the daughter specifically.
1: There's nothing... Except the daughter had a
0: beautiful... I don't even know if they used the word beautiful, but a friend did they
1: did they say it like that yeah okay so Ew, the, it was so, so gross th- that
0: they, it was just like ridiculous like just so about that okay sorry yeah
1: and that bedding is described as attractive attractive wife huh. and mina suvari Ew. is described as the her as beautiful
0: i love how not say the age i don't know how old was she supposed to be in the movie does it really matter she was in freaking high school like a cheerleader
1: um it doesn't really
0: matter i'm just I mean, it's, the oldest she could possibly be is 18, which is still disgusting to me, obviously.
1: They're, they're both in high school.
0: I love how they the writer, the reviewer, wrote uh, that his life is like, you know, a life to be envious of. And also the fact that when he looked in on that, uh, you know, his daughter's girlfriend, that that somehow was a vision of like a his better days. I don't know. I'm just like, really, dude?
1: I'm trying to look for something in my review about the ages but like in a, in they're... any case it's 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 pedophilia and never yes. once in the movie is the word pedophilia oh, of ever not. mentioned. Okay, so we basically the only thing we learn about their portrayals is about their looks. One's attractive, the other one's beautiful. Nothing else. There's because
0: that's all they provide, yeah.
1: Okay, so what about Owens treatment? Do we do we discover anything in here about how yeah. they're treated?
0: Um something about I forgot the fighting or like bickering something, the wife to the husband.
1: Right. So the, the husband, so it's a bad marriage. They, their marriage has deteriorated into a campaign of snide, snide comments and sarcasm. But we, what we don't learn is that the teenage girl is stalked by her neighbor. Who films her yeah. through her bedroom window? Yeah. Fucking. Did, we, did we find that? It, did it say that?
0: They did say that, but it was kind of just brushed over, like. Eh, it says the, the,
1: the, So oh, the yeah. word stalking isn't used for sure. It's No.
0: Um Just film through the window. Peeping Tom much, like hello. It's literally what that shit is. But make it cute, right?
1: It says his daughter becomes involved with a strange boy living across the road who videos her from his bedroom. That really, that's really watered down.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, was, uh-uh,
1: it, it doesn't say that he bullies his daughter, that Kevin also, Spacey bullies Annette Benning and you know Thora Birch's daughter. You know what's or, so
0: interesting about the daughter is that he, she, didn't she become friends with that creepy boy neighbor? And, but wouldn't she be more inclined to befriend a male because there's a lacking male father figure in her life? Do you know what I'm saying? Where you would accept more of a, uh, usually if you had a good father figure in your life, I would think a, a female would be like, "Alert! This kid is creepy." Do you know what I'm saying? Like,
1: right? But look the, at how the girl, that. so the teenage girl doesn't have a good relationship with anyone. She, yeah. Not with her mother, not with her father, not with her best friend Mina, Su- who's played by Mina Savari. The only person she has a sort of good relationship with is the stalker next door. Yeah. That's it. Um, Annette Benning slaps herself in the movie. She she insults herself. I'm I wow. can't remember what she calls herself.
0: I remember that. But
1: yeah. but the but the relationship between Annette Benning and her daughter is just terrible. Mm. I don't remember. I believe. Well, that. okay. So the thing is that. You don't, you don't find out. And and, I mean, okay. So the violence that appears in American beauty is, is not severe Mm -hmm. is relatively not severe. Right. Um, The slapping, the bullying, the stalking, right. It could be murder. It could be rape, but it isn't right. So, but for a lot of movies, women are murdered, mm. and and there are rapes, right? And you just, in most film reviews, you don't find that out. Mm. And hmm. some some women would rather not watch movies in which women or girls are raped.
0: Yeah,
1: that's on their list of, that's a like a deal breaker. Like mm. I don't I don't want to I want to steer clear of these movies. Yeah which is part of the reason why I focus on the treatment and portrayals of women and girls Yep. I mean, in my film guide.
0: Yeah. That obviously has a huge effect on people seeing that. like Unbelievably. Yeah. you talked about the age gap between a man and a woman and movies. Can you discuss more about that?
1: The, um, the age gap between men and so that's just generalized. So it's very, very rare to see the lead female and the lead male be the same age, right? Typically.
0: This is real life and obviously not the portrayal how their ages are in, in the movie, but in real life, their ages. In real life. Yeah.
1: Typically. And yeah, typically I'm just trying to find examples of that. It's okay. I think it's
0: women, you know, once you're past the age of, you can keep looking while I chat, but once women get past the age of like 35 in Hollywood, like you be, you start playing a grandmother when you're like 34, I don't know. <laughs> like I think it just reinforces the idea that women are supposed to be perfect and kept forever young and men are, you know, they age and they get sexier and they're more rugged and there's no pressure on them, uh, at least not as much as with women, to be all nipped and tucked and just kept that forever young facade or just image. And plus it's just women being used as that accessory and um, arm candy and trophy thing that they're just there to look
1: good. Exactly. So I'll give you just, so for just one example in Avengers, Avengers infinity war, which Mm -hmm. came out in 2018, really big movie. Okay. Robert Downey Jr. Is paired with Gwyneth Paltrow, who is, 13 years his junior. Paul Bettany is paired with Elizabeth Olsen, who is 18 years his junior. Mark Ruffalo is paired with Scarlett Johansson, who is 17 years his junior. Yeah. Like, why Why were none of the men paired with women their age? That puts so
0: much serious pressure
1: on. Yeah, I think that or, has or, a lot or of... Or maybe, sling- maybe some were. Maybe I didn't, yeah. um, right? But why were three of the men paired with women who are so much younger? I think that has a
0: really psychological effect on women on how they're supposed to look and present. I don't know. I think that's so Definitely. much more damaging than than uh, meets the eye. Like, all this stuff is so subtle. That's what I mean by programming well, and all that. It's just...
1: Mm-mm. Well, and it, so if it were just one movie, right? Mm-hmm. So oh, if yeah. you just... um, So... Love in the Afternoon, which came out in 1957. Gary Cooper is paired romantically with Audrey Hepburn, who's 28 years his junior. If you only had that movie, right, it would be, okay, it's just a one-off. But I have a very long list of movies for which the age gap is massive. Like, it's just, it's routine. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's the norm in Hollywood. It's
1: the norm. And so what message does that send both males and females? Right. It's so it sends the message to males. You, Mm -hmm. it's norm for you to be with a much younger female and it sends the message to females. Well, it's the norm for you to be with a much older male.
0: This is so interesting because it also programs men to be like, Oh, that's what I should be having at that age. But without knowing the age of the actor actresses and the movies what you look for in real life is ridiculously younger so it automatically they're looking for younger um younger looking women like mm-hmm. just by the looks of it that's like total program I, I don't know it's uh
1: well and i think it gives women the it send it conveys the message to women that after a certain age yeah they're worthless Mm-hmm. You know, especially after 40, after 40, I mean, why are you still around? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're not around in Hollywood, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, beauty, female beauty is everything. How old was that female actress in the original Lolita? Dude, I used to love that movie, Fucked Up, but I also have, guess what? Daddy issues! (laughs) I used to like all those movies of, like, loving father figures, even if it was overly sexual. I can admit my own fucked up stuff, it's fine, because I think to just admit stuff about yourself, it will help out other people. Like, I have, you know, had a father that was completely non-existent. I mean, he provided money for our family, but there's no hugs or, like, how are you? sorry dad mom no I'm not whatever it's the reality and I literally I I mean I loved movies where it was a fatherly figure that really doted on and loved on a a younger female girl even in a sexual way like that's how real this shit is I mean I recognize it now is not good I mean it's obviously figure that shit out and go to therapy but that stuff is so real maybe I shouldn't say that because it gives men like the oh Whatever, men already know. Men didn't know to prey on this shit falls into their lap, honestly. Non non-existent fathers and then women that are promiscuous or they don't know what how to what male to date because they don't have any model of like a a good man. Um so of course they wind up dating all the wrong men, blah, 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 blah. Whatever.
1: So, um, the original Lolita came out in nineteen sixty-two. It starred Sue Lyon that's her name Mm -hmm. um and i'm just trying to find her age i'm gonna
0: guess i'm gonna do a wild guess her age i'm gonna guess is like 25 and his age i'm gonna guess is like
1: oh no she's a teenager 42
0: really in real life no
1: no in the yeah no i know but what were their ages in real life oh in real life
0: yeah actually both i'm curious about both or I know it was pedophilia, obviously. It was a really young girl. She was, yeah, like a teen, like 12 or 13 or some shit. I'm just curious the real age is.
1: So she was 10, 14, so she was 16 in real life.
0: What? She was 16 years old?
1: Yep.
0: Oh, my God.
1: What the fuck? She was born in 1946, and the movie was made in, well, it was released in 62, so we'll go on, you know, it being made in 62, but it maybe it was made in 61. I'm not sure. So, James Mason
0: 41, I'm just guessing
1: 42. Um, let's see. I said 1962.
0: Uh, yeah, something about yeah, it came out in 40.
1: Oh sorry about that. Um oh, you said something about nineteen forty six, I'm curious what that was. Sorry. Uh, she must have been Sue Lyon must have been born in forty-six. Oh, it okay, came out gotcha. in sixty-two. 19... That's like 20... 20... He was fifty-three. So he was fifty-three. Oh my god. And she was sixteen. Oh, but I mean the whole story is just so in real gross life? in real life.
0: Did they not kiss and get intimate in that fucking movie? Did they? Oh, um Oh my god, dude!
1: I've what got it. That's insanity. So, like, that's so, so I've got to check my sexualization segment Ooh. for Lolita. Um. So this is definitely a foot fetishist movie.
0: <laughs> like Tarantino should.
1: Uh, his sure movies have very little to offer female viewers.
0: Tarantino. Yes. Guess what? Oh, I used to love his movies. You know why? Because I. At a younger age, I was more masculine than feminine because I realized that the society looked at women as inferior and weak, and I didn't want to be that. So I was more like tomboy.
1: I think uh, that's very, my very common, very oh. common.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Especially now, you know, those girls are becoming non-binary and transing the female away to escape that shit.
1: Like, I think um, it's a normal thing for teenage girls to say what well, normal as in it's, it's the norm. It, yeah. The norm. A lot of teenage girls say, um, "My friends are guys," mm-hmm. or "I hate girl things." Yeah. Right. That's 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 that internalized mean. misogyny. Like yeah, We had so we live in it, yeah. misogynist societies. That's what happens to us. Yeah. Right. If if we didn't live in misogynist societies, we I think we would have teenage girls who say who would happily say. I've got lots of great girlfriends.
0: Yeah. And I like pink because why not? I used to just, I hated it. I was like, oh, girly, ew, pink, Well, but they wouldn't uh, be
1: afraid of saying that. Like that's a regressive stereotype that pink is for girls, blue is for boys. Right. But they wouldn't, they wouldn't say I am allergic to everything that we associate with girls, you know, or, or kind of think that subconsciously. I mean, they wouldn't articulate it that way. Right. But that seems to be what's going on with yeah. teenage girls.
0: Yeah. I didn't right? want to be and then, called as, weak or looked at as, if I, if I were to wear the color pink, I would not want to be looked at as, you know, what I thought was girly, which is not as strong, just wuss and not taken seriously. So I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want anything to do with that shit. I learned that at a very young age. Um, it's just being a, being a woman, go figure. Yeah. I had, you know, Stepping into radical feminism, I really had to unpack a lot of internalized misogyny. And it was, it was shocking. You know, every, every woman
1: has to do that in Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, Fried green tomatoes. Yeah. I
0: love that movie. Fried (laughs) green tomatoes. Shut up. Don't tell me.
1: That Um, has so much to offer female viewers. Fried green tomatoes. It's one of my
0: favorites, man. I cry every time. Such a great movie.
1: Affectionate, congenial relationships between women. So loving. Yep. Um...
0: Beaches. Beaches.
1: Another beaches, favorite. too. Affectionate, congenial relationships between women. So touching. Yep. In in Fried Green Tomatoes, Solidarity. Okay, so we've got that, Gone with the Wind. What else is... Jo- what other movies from Georgia? Oh, and so, like, speaking of Georgia, in Atlanta, are there Gone with the Wind... I'm just curious, sorry. Yeah, this has no, nothing no, to do... You're fine. Ask away. Uh, are there... Statues of
0: in Marietta, Georgia.
1: Scarlet. I, and... I don't
0: think there. I mean, I'm sure. That I don't know. I just this is a lot of stuff that I'd be curious about now. But I know in Marietta, Georgia, there was this. I think it was like a vintage shop. I don't know if it was a clothing shop or something. But they had. I'm sure it was replicas, but of her, you know, green dress and the the window. Yeah. I mean, there definitely is a lot of you know the the founder of girl scouts that woman i believe that that house is still there i I hope so in atlanta that little like, Ooh, uh, historical I landmark i think it's girl scouts it's something like that i think it is um i know there's some history in savannah um i'm sure but there's that's a lot of stuff that it's like when you're so when you're in georgia you're not really curious about that shit because it's just it's already like around everyone it's just like it's like being in New York City—you never go to the uh, Statue of Liberty because it's like, uh, it's right there. You get so used to it, right. and when you leave, you're like, "Oh, I should have done that" or whatever. Right. Um, I i am sure there. I don't know about statues, but yeah, that movie is lovely. She's a fireball.
1: <laughs> um, Scarlett Johansson—or not Scarlett, Johansson, Scarlett <laughs> O'Hara. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson is a completely different matter. Um, Scarlett O'Hara, she is quite the character. Yes,
0: I think she was definitely an icon with females. I'm just going to take a wild guess there. I haven't done a lot of deep diving stuff with that, but um... yeah,
1: I think a lot. I think a lot of women um, find her to be an enjoyable character. She's got a lot to offer. Yeah, especially how she's very assertive.
0: Yes, and I believe she's very strong. When I saw, when I see her be assertive, like, I believe it. Like, I believe she would act like that in real life. And I, again, I think it's just one of those things where if you're that good at portraying something like that, like being assertive, I mean, hello, doesn't that make sense? Like, of course you'd be, you're naturally assertive and a fireball in real life. You can easily tap into that while being filmed. That's just what I think.
1: I'm not sure that she was. Mm, um, don't tell me
0: that. I want to believe.
1: Do you you want to believe? Okay.
0: okay. No, tell me. Why? Why do you say that? I'm curious. Um she's a female in Hollywood. Oh yeah, that's right.
1: Well, she she was English. Vivian Lee was English. And her I think her first marriage failed. I think mm. she was I think she was an alcoholic. Mm. Um yeah. No, I don't think she had a um, picture perfect life.
0: Well, I don't think any of us do. I mean, just no. because you're an alcoholic. I mean, Lord Lisa Frank. Uh, my tattoos I are based off her artwork. Um, I there's this article thing that came out about her life, and you know, I read it like four years ago after that tattoos. It doesn't. My opinion on Lisa Frank has not changed, but wow, her life is so messed up, and I think it speaks so many volumes that. Her whole aesthetic is like rainbows and just, you know, mother and son, like a unicorn, um, just really adorable, happy. Everything about her artwork is so happy. Um, And apparently this unicorn's name is Marky. And it was like her friend's son that died. And I was like, what? I had no idea. Like, just that's not even just her whole marriage was a shit show, really abusive husband. And I'm like, well, I think it's. It's just obvious to me that if someone has a really messed up life and you're living in turmoil, that you surround yourself or you create happy things, happy art, uh, joyful music. And that if you're overly um, exerting happiness, I- I'm always like, hmm, you know, <laughs> it doesn't seem authentic. That's just, mm. I don't know. It's, it, I thought mm-hmm. it was really interesting and heartbreaking at the same time. And it really made me love her even more. You know, we're all broken in, in some way. And I don't know, you know is it was, it was like heartbreaking but beautiful if that makes sense i'm sure you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. Anywho, randomness yeah I, I, yeah it just kind of it kind of doesn't surprise me if she was an alcoholic like how many women numb themselves because you're a woman <laughs> i don't know
1: so i'm just reading i'm just checking out the imdb mm. page for her it says she suffered from bipolar disorder she's twice divorced so yeah so you know, it wasn't all roses.
0: Yeah. Is it ever though? Is it ever?
1: I wish I could show you the um, the illustration for Gone with the Wind that Stella you... oh. um, made made for my book. If, so you... I can totally
0: throw it up uh, or put it up on the uh, thing here.
1: 100%. Well, I can't show it to you unfortunately because it's on my oh. it's on my wall and it's it's strange. no. But when but... I edit
0: the video, I can if you can send me the photo or I can find it online somehow or whatever.
1: Oh, uh, or I can, I can, I have some that aren't framed if you'd like to see. And okay. So for your audience who doesn't know who Stella is, right? The British cartoonist, political cartoonist, Stella Mm -hmm. Perrette. Okay. So is, am I showing this properly here? Yeah. Yeah. So you can tell (laughs) what movie, Yep. right? Star Wars. Are these the originals? No. uh, Yeah. These are the originals.
0: She sent you the originals?
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh that's how God. lucky I am. I'm a very, wow. very lucky... Bro. Okay, so if I don't know if I'm...
0: Yeah, here, let's look back a little bit. There you go. Yep.
1: Aliens. Okay. Is this um,
0: um, ink or what?
1: Um. Yeah, so she did them in pencil and then she inked them. Okay. And this yes. is hidden, right? Hidden figures.
0: Yep. The photo's behind you. Yep, I gotta watch that one.
1: Oh, yeah, and so what's behind me here is she sent me those... Um, she printed those off and used them to make the illustrations, right? And then she gotcha. sent them to me with yep. the originals. So, okay, so oh, this cool. one is just in a small frame. Yep. From Thelma and Louise. Yep. Yeah, no, she's amazing, and so I, know. I, I it's really, awesome. I. Okay, so typically, authors don't get to pick the illustrations that, hmm. like, who the illustrator will be. But what? are I'm, you serious? Well, unless they're, it's an illustrated book, right? That is like a big part of the book. Um, Typically authors don't have any decision-making power about the cover of the book.
0: Are you serious? Oh, that's all about the publisher? That's the publisher who decides, typically. No way. What? Yeah, no, you basically have to be Joanne
1: Rowling to decide what's on the cover of your book. So, but mm, these illustrations, I love them so much. Mm -hmm. I hope that they, that my my publisher will say, yeah, we love them. We've got to put them, because they're really, I find them really uplifting. I'm just going to show you Hidden Figures again. It's just... Yeah, I love that one. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen her do um, art. I actually interviewed her a couple of podcasts Yeah, ago. I watched
1: your interview. Yay,
0: hey, I bought her book after that. Um, I haven't had time to go through it just because there's so much crap going on. But um, I, I haven't seen her do art of, uh, you know, drawing, replicating someone's face. That's definitely difficult. So mm-hmm. I, I love seeing her do that because I was like, oh, I, it's kind of like an art medium or a form I haven't seen her do. And she did it really well, you know, with her signature in it. Awesome. Love her story and what she does i love it how'd you get paired up with her
1: um so stella and i are both on spinster Ah, yep and
0: me too Looped. the one platform where women can be women yeah
1: yeah no spinster's awesome um i like that, i can't like i think i was just Power i Man don't know we ju- i think we just became friends on spinster mm-hmm. and then
0: yeah
1: and then she, yeah she asked me if I'd like some illustrations for my book and I said, yeah are you kidding? <laughs> of That's course awesome. I would I would love some illustrations for my book.
0: Yeah, and much, so
1: go ahead go ahead and, and so she she actually did quite a few. Um, I've posted several on my my website. Mm-hmm. She did Little Women to 2019 the wizard of oz i'm just looking at my wall oh, yeah, yeah. here cuz i've got right um the sound of music gone with the wind she did a bunch of them and i also saw that recently you interviewed another friend of mine um linda blade yes she's a coach badass. blade full of knowledge i mean we all are but man She's fantastic. She is a Canadian national treasure, Linda Blade. I know,
0: I keep hearing that. I love how they... Yep, I know. that. I was like, wow, <laughs> that that cover?
1: <laughs> I, I'm
0: blown away by that how it got... Um, the fact that that's on a cover in 2021, I was like, damn, that's... Actually... Ooh, is that sending a message?
1: Nice. So, so yeah. I got two because I got one copy to mail to the Prime Minister of oh, nice. Canada. Yeah, awesome. so I... I actually asked other women if they'd like to sign the card and there are wow. 80 women. Well, nice. 87 women and I mm-hmm. are, have added our names to the card and, uh, and I'll probably mail it out this afternoon or tomorrow. Awesome. He, he needs to be educated.
0: Yeah, I know hundred <laughs> percent. Can you name like five movies that are just wonderful or, or offer things yeah. for women offer good things?
1: Yeah, so... Or if you have
0: a top ten or whatever.
1: Well, okay, so movies that have a lot to offer female viewers. And I kind of think that women, like adult women, should have seen these movies. Nine to Five. (laughs) So good. Which came out in 1980. And that that movie has more to offer female viewers than a ton of movies coming out that just came out in 2020. So... Forty years later, mm-hmm. okay, Thelma and Louise, Hidden Figures, of course, Little Women, Little Women, the two thousand nineteen. That's probably the one that has the most to offer. Oh, really? women. You like
0: that one the most out of all the remakes It,
1: yeah, for hmm. so, it it, I would say that it has the most to offer female viewers when you take into consideration everything. Mm -hmm. Right. About Hmm. the treatment, the portrayals, everything. How much speaking time they get. Everything. Little Women 2019. Right. Made in Dagenham. Oh, how do you spell that? D-A-G-E-N-H-A-M. That came out in 2010. And that's based on the real story Hmm. of the English women in dagenham dagenham is the na- name of a town in england so they fought for equal pay in oh, a ford factory
0: oh it sounds amazing
1: it's a yeah it's an amazing it movie yep
0: um
1: on the basis of sex which came out in 2018 there are a lot Fry, fried green tomatoes the first wives club suffragette Actually. yes i
0: watched that one recently and i was like oh <laughs> yeah
1: 2015.
0: it was it. so 90s my husband and i watched it recently and we're because real- it has all like the cliche 90 90s camera angles and but it honestly it still holds up and i f- i found it to be a wonderful time capsule of like 90s cinema um like the music the camera the effects just the actors actresses whatever i mean the actors do people say actresses anymore? Like I say both. Yeah.
1: I do because I just don't like using androcentric language to refer to females. So if there is a female term, then I prefer to use that. But so, um, so I actually pay very little attention to things like the score, the lighting, Mm. The technical aspects oh. don't interest me much at all.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm big on that.
1: <laughs> I mean, I expect that in the 2020s or any, you know, even in the 21st century, even from 2000, even before then, everybody should have mastered all of that. <laughs> like the, the technical aspects should You'd be, be mastered.
0: Yeah.
1: Like your average teenager in a first world <laughs> country probably possesses the technology right a middle-class kid to make yep. an okay movie Yeah. so I
0: pick up on that stuff because I'm an artist and I edit I did editing audio and stuff in college and I edit more now as well and I don't know like uh Suicide Squad I was like I'm gonna go take a nap this is terrible they crammed music like back to back it's like they wanted a double cd to put out with the movie just to like it's just it was so forceful I'm like that shit just sticks out to me like no other but you clearly had a you have a vision when you look at movies and re- you review movies.
1: Well, I'm I'm interested in shining a spotlight on something that n- yep. doesn't get any attention anywhere else. And Suicide yep. Squad is
0: not even worth so about. damaging. It it has trash. It's absolute trash. You, you is, don't have to discuss it at
1: all. That is that is yeah. There's that's an, a great example of the crazy bitch character that yeah, is oh, so that we, we see that. all over yes. the place. Yeah. The, the crazy bitch character, she is becoming very commonplace and suicide squad has one of those. Um, when um,
0: movie people, women see that as a, like an empowering woman. I don't know. Like I, I used to, I came from the cosplay scene and the amount of female costumers that chose harlequin to costume i'm like you have d- literal daddy issues i'm not this isn't anything to, i'm not like you suck you have this i'm just like this is what i see daddy issues uh that's it i mean like so violent and just like i'm a maniac <laughs> it's cool to be psycho it's yeah. cutesy like bash your head in like Yikes! All I can recommend to you is therapy, and there's nothing wrong with being <laughs> fucked. I mean, you're not. I, I try not to frame this in a way of like you're a terrible person if you have issues. Like we all have issues. Just you need to go to therapy, talk therapy. Don't stop doing therapy until you find the one that works for you. That's all I can say.
1: Male filmmakers really enjoy portraying females as crazy bitches. You don't say. This is a uh, this is um has been going on for a really long time. But if you look at Suicide Squad, just if you just consider the way that the male that the the members of the squad are described. Okay, the men are described, or the males are described mm. this way. Hmm. He can burn people. He's a crocodile. Um, but the woman played by Margot Robbie is described this way. She's just crazy. So she has no skills. No skills. Like in the according to the description, anyway, no skills. She's just mental like she's
0: yeah this is coming from a movie how can that appeal
1: to female viewers like what are you giving us you're giving us nothing why should we pay you our hard earned money to watch your movie when you are offering us not only are you offering us nothing you are reinforcing regressive stereotypes about females
0: yeah framing it in like a badass empowering ridiculous pseudo empowering thing
1: yeah um, no they i mean so the most famous crazy bitch characters glenn close in fatal attraction 1987 kathy bates in misery 1990 Yep. okay this one you may not know it's lesser known but if you had been a teenager in the 90s you would know about it The Hand That Rocks the Cradle came oh, out oh in 19... Oh my god 19- are you joking?
0: I definitely oh, remember really? that one. Oh, yeah, Oh okay Rebecca Mornay, Crazy
1: yeah. Bitch Yeah um, Serial Mom, 1994 yeah. um, Small, Single White c- Female? Serial Mom it called? Serial oh, Mom weird. 1994 There's so many um, With Kathleen Turner
0: Single White Female, which I saw recently, and I was like, wow.
1: Single White Female, Obsessed, 2009, When the bow Breaks, 2016, The Huntsman, Winter's War, 2016, and then in 2016, again, Suicide Squad, Margot Robbie. But if you look, and so here, too, we've seen an escalation. If you look at, say, the movies that came out in the 80s, mm-hmm. 90s, the, mm-hmm. the, those crazy bitches, right? like crazy bitch. I, I don't call women bitches, but yeah. for the purpose of this conversation,
0: yeah.
1: Um, if you look at Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction, mm-hmm. okay, she was fairly modestly dressed. If you look at Kathy Bates in Misery, 1990, she was dressed like a librarian cat lady, like <laughs> right from head to toe, like you, all you could yeah. ever see were her hands and her face. Um, If you look at Kathleen Turner in Serial Mom, came out in 1994, she looks like a Stepford wife, basically. But but then if you make the jump to Suicide Squad in 2016, Margot Robbie is, yeah, that's, so you get, you go from like librarian Hmm, in the 90s to stripper in the 2010s.
0: What is that about?
1: That is about the hypersexualization of the female characters in feature films. Yeah. That's where we've got where we've gotten to like I mean and that's the backlash. Because things yeah. were going well in the eighties and nineties. There well. were things were looking up. Mm-hmm. Things were getting more progressive. And so now there's been a backlash and things are, I mean, that's part of it, right? It's a puzzle. There are lots of different parts.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yep.
1: no, I, I honestly could, I would be very happy if for the rest of my life, there were no more crazy bitch characters. I've, I've seen enough of them. Yeah. What, what is this giving? What is this bringing to the, the table? Nothing. Yep.
0: Something I've noticed, I don't think I, I think we're, we discussed a little bit. I don't know if I mentioned that, but whenever I look at, when I open Hulu or HBO, um, I want people to pay attention to the movie or TV show that they're pushing on the viewer. And what I mean by pushing is the thing that is advertised to you front and center and time. And again, uh, I believe it's Hulu. It's always movies about women being murdered, women murdering, women having, one of them was like a. Uh, a plant gets in- a chip gets implanted into a woman's brain, and she becomes, like, half-robot, which transhumanism, don't even want to get into that, and now she's obviously- it was not, like, an empowered thing, it was, like, enslaved, basically, but time and again, it's always about female- bad, not good stuff, like, I'm not good with words here, but just, like, nothing empowering, nothing redeeming, nothing sweet, nothing kind- it's it's so messed up and i'm like obviously i have this lens on of it's not even a lens it's like well look at it look at what is being pushed to you and this ad you know i've been seeing these ads for hulu shows on twitter and it was literally this like twitter image that was like pink with a little heart and the two shows they were pushing for obviously women was handmaid's tale and pose and pose is about the drag culture (laughs) and i'm like none of these neither of these are great for women and i feel like it's grooming women to like be the liberal feminist sex workers work men can become women and blah 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 i'm just like wow and it's just so to me it's so obvious what that is like god people i you know and th- this happened to me too like i didn't i didn't have the awareness of how um advertising and media is um you know they push a certain agenda or a, a certain they try to d- d- you know persuade you subtly i guess it's not so subtle when you really look at it and think of it like that but i think it is subtle to most of us of you don't really think about the stuff that like ads okay just yeah. start paying attention to ads that you see it's well product
1: placement exists for a reason mm-hmm. because yeah. people are are influenced by movies but so can i ask play yeah. a, another little game with you and yes. in, in your viewers okay Ready. so how can you name a movie in which a woman plays the president of the united states and if, is this and a if, trick question <laughs> no it's not a trick question it's like God, it's kind I of like, like the thing before the question before can you name a movie in which no two men ever speak can you name a movie in which a woman plays the president of the united states
0: i feel i feel like it definitely exists is it a black woman
1: okay uh, i will give you a list of movies, I'll, I'll okay. name some movie in which men have played the president of the United States, the fictional, yeah. Yeah. a fictional president of the United States, yeah. typically, right? Yeah. Jeff Bridges, Bruce Boxleitner, James Cromwell, George Clooney, Leslie Nielsen, Billy Bob Thornton, Michael Keaton, Peter Coyote, Terry Crews and Luke Wilson, Bruce Greenwood, James Kahn. Kelsey Kramer, William Hurt, Stephen Colbert, Danny Glover, William Devan, Aaron Eckhart, Jamie Foxx, William Sadler, Samuel L. Jackson, Andy Garcia. Okay, you get where I'm going with this? Okay. Can you name a movie in which a woman has played the president of the United States? I cannot name one.
0: Yeah, does it exist?
1: Not that I've seen, but okay, so this is the thing. I don't think I've seen that many more movies than your average Gen Xer. Mm -hmm. But I have analyzed way more movies than most people. Mm -hmm. Right? Most people do not watch movies with a pad and a pen taking Mm notes. But that doesn't mean that I've seen every movie out there. Right. So if, if I would love to know, if one of your... If someone in your audience can name me a movie in which a woman has played the president of the United States, I would love to know that.
0: I feel like that just would be the laughing joke of the writers' room. I feel like if that would exist on any level, it'd be like a cartoon because that's ha ha. You know what I mean? Not taken as seriously. You know, not, you know what? There would be so much backlash I, with men being like, "Oh, this is ridiculous."
1: I think the the closest we got was with a screen portrayal of the president of the United States played by a woman was in a TV series called mm. commander in chief hmm. where that starred Gina Davis, but that was a TV show. I'm talking about a feature film. So a mainstream movie, Hollywood has accustomed us to seeing women as other things, waitresses, nurses, mm-hmm. prostitutes, not leaders this is a big big problem we we need to see more women in positions of power
0: yeah
1: um and okay so if i can just bring this up one more time yes please this film guide okay so this film guide as the title clearly indicates includes Mm -hmm. 501 film reviews not okay and this was published in 2002 i think 2004. Okay, not included. Thelma and Louise, The Stepford Wives. Neither version. This the 75 or the 2004. Nine to Five, Pride and what? Prejudice, Sense and Sensibility, Emma, Mansfield Park, The First Wives Club, A League of Their Own. Legally are you joking? Blonde, Norma These are Ray.
0: classics. Out of 501, even for males, there's so many men that love. I forgot about that one. A League of Their Own. I'm like, how can A you not own, include yeah. that? Okay, um, And not, 9 to 5, weren't they... I, I, I thought these were really big movies.
1: They were really big movies. The thing the is fuck? that what interests women is not what interests men. Yes. And what interests men is what gets all the money and all the attention.
0: Yeah. It's a man's world. Rich man's world. It's a
1: man's world. Yeah. It's wow. definitely a rich man's world. Look at how long... Harvey Weinstein got away with his crimes,
0: Hmm. decades. Yep, horrible, awful, beyond belief, obviously. Wow. Um. So
1: um, there was one other thing that I wanted to to bring up. Okay, so how common do you think it is so so one of the things that I, sorry, back up a little bit. Okay. One of the things that I focus on quite a bit is crimes mm. perpetrated against female characters. And the reason for that is because I have a background in court interpreting. I was a yeah. court interpreter for eight years before I finally retired.
0: Wait, what is it, that? What's a court interpreter?
1: Um, so, so my first language is French, and I have a BA in translation. And mm. so what... What a court interpreter does is say I'm in court and I am assisting mm. the defendant gotcha. who is a francophone who doesn't speak English. So everything the defendant says to the court, oh. I in, I wow. say it, they say it in they French, should. then I say it in English for the Whoa. court. And then everything oh that the judge and the lawyers and the witnesses and the, what they say in English, I interpret it in French, I say it in French for the defendant. Wow. Right. But that's just one example. I could yeah. be doing this for the witness or for somebody else. Wow. Right. That Anyhow, pressure. It, was, it like, was. What if
0: you say the was, wrong it, word, like a <laughs> wrong descriptor? Wow. It Amazing.
1: was it was very stressful. Actually, after six years, I wanted to stop, but I sure, needed wow. the money. So I kept doing it for another two years. But over the course of those eight years, I worked on Quite a few sexual assault matters and child abuse mm. matters. And when you're a court interpreter, you have to be blank. Mm. It's it's not your role to have an opinion, to express an opinion, to have a reaction. You have sense. to be blank. God, so I would fail that immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so it it became um, really really frustrating, not ever being able to show any emotion or have a re- to. To these heartbreaking cases, where God. all these sexual abuse matters and these child abuse matters, the victims were always 100% of the cases. They were always women and girls, and the defendants, you know, the the perpetrators or the you know the accused, the defendant, they were always men. Always 100% of the cases. Okay, I am very very interested in violence against women and girls it's a huge yeah. problem in our misogynist societies so much so that in 2014 or 2015 the united the united nations says there's a pandemic of violence against women yep they've forgotten that they seem to have forgotten that since then now they don't even know what a woman is but anyhow <laughs> so one of the dozens of <laughs> yeah. In your shirt yeah one of one of the, one of the mm-hmm. dozens of things I keep track of in films when I analyze them is um, is the violence perpetrated against the female characters. For example, choking. Mm. Right. This is something we see a lot of in movies is choking. So, um, for example, in these movies, in this following partial list of movies i'm not going to name them all because your show isn't that long but um okay so these movies include a scene in which a man chokes a woman or grabs a woman by the neck 300 aquaman avengers infinity war batman forever blade runner 2049 the fate of the furious the hobbit the battle of the five armies the hunger games iron man 3 live free or die hard mad max fury road the mummy 2017 scooby doo 2002 Spectre, Total Recall 2012.
0: Oh, that's like all in the 2000s? It sounds like almost all, like past, you know, not 80s or relatively um, recent. It, like. it could have been.
1: Yeah, yeah, it could have been.
0: They seem way more recent than...
1: Um, here's a sample list of horror films that include a scene in which a male chokes a girl or a woman or, or grabs her by the neck. The Cabin in the Woods... The Exorcist, Get Out, Gremlins, 1984, Hmm. Halloween, both the 1978 and the 2018 version, Happy Death Day, Insidious Chapter 2, It, the 2017 version, Scream, that's 1996, Sweeney Todd the Demon, Barber of Fleet Street, Winchester, 2018. And that's just a partial list. Because We're, we just we, we don't have time yeah. to go yeah. through all I of know. them. I
0: know. I wonder at the, what rate, how many movies you, um, can you list, even one off the top of your head, of a male being choked by a female?
1: That's a good question for your audience too. If somebody in your audience can give me an example of that, I would be really curious. Seriously. To know. But the thing is that the um, so the focus for me. Is just women and girls how they're treated and yeah. how they're portrayed so if so I don't pay much attention to how men and boys are treated that's just not the focus of my nonfiction yeah. writing mm-hmm. but um, but men certainly perpetrate violence against other males for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. and that reflects reality mm-hmm. in reality the most of the violence perpetrated in the world is perpetrated by males.
0: Yep. That's the facts. That's just the facts. That's
1: those are yeah. the facts. And those yeah.
0: Wow. That's so fascinating. I love hearing. I mean, that's so interesting. I don't know. I love it. When did you start doing the movie stuff again? I, I think I already asked. That. Um, you said, yeah. So
1: two, so 2015, I started my first book, but the film guide started in 2018. So when you first started taking
0: notes and analyzing movies. No, that was in
1: 2015 that I started. And I I think, honestly, I think that was um, a way for me of... And because I was so powerless in the courtroom, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I I couldn't do anything about all of the violence that I was... How frustrated. Like, I I wasn't exposed to violence, but I I was... In
0: a sense, you really were, though, having to...
1: But hear about it. Yeah.
0: for hours as your job and
1: and not being able to do anything about it so the powerlessness so the book was I believe a way of of doing something about about all of that violence that I couldn't do anything about in the courtroom you know like when you hear a little girl take the stand and she's talking about how her father or some you know a man in her life sexually abused her and you you can't do anything about it and I and sometimes justice isn't served and you just feel so frustrated and angry you have all these feelings I think I decided to channel them into writing as a way to gain some power I guess yeah to uh yeah um I think that with the film guide by because the film guide really is a roadmap to cinema Mm -hmm. and it's it exposes it's it's very detailed reporting on the contents of feature films and maybe through exposing the contents of over a hundred years of traditional cinema in Mm -hmm. all genres because i've you know i don't just talk about horror movie or just about action adventure right i tackle drama comedies
0: do you do animated films or just uh um... no
1: okay well well there's children's movies is a chapter in my film guide yeah, but, but those animated. aren't just those aren't just animated so some are yeah. animated mm-hmm. right like i talk about shrek mm-hmm. and trolls but they aren't just animated um so yeah. where was i going with that um okay. right so so by tackling so many years, over 100 years and, and many genres, it's over 12 genres, then I think it exposes without the shred of a doubt, what the problems are in the film industry. Yep. What exactly needs to change?
0: 100%.
1: You know, we need to see less violence against women. We need to see less sexualization of women and girls. We need to see more congeniality, more affection, more solidarity between women and girls. We need to see a lot less antagonism and hostility. We need to see more women in positions of power. We need to see them playing leaders, not just nurses, waitresses, and prostitutes, yep. journalists. We see a lot of journalists, you know. Well, yeah. Why Why aren't we seeing them being world leaders? Because, you know, I think it's... Um, gina davis who said something like so i'm paraphrasing um if she can see it she can be it she says something like that but if little girls were seeing movie after movie where the heads of states were women Mm -hmm. that would encourage them to think when i grew up i could be a head of state exactly right or or a ceo or you know, we, we don't need to see just junior lawyers. We need to see women in or like female characters who are playing partners in law firms. It's mm-hmm. very rare. You know, it's just one more example, right? It's very rare to see women being the partners in law firms.
0: I can only think of one, but that's only cause that's the only one I can think of is that's a TV show though. Daredevil. She was something. I don't remember, but um, no, you're completely right. And I, I, I think the work that you're doing is really important and I honestly cannot wait for it. Do you have any like estimated time when the book will be released?
1: Unfortunately, I don't, I, I would love to share this information with women right now. Yeah. Um, yes, honestly, please. it would, uh, <laughs> nothing would make me happier, especially with Stella's illustrations because I, I love them. Um, But I'm waiting doing the, going the traditional route with this. So
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: a question I wanted to
0: ask, do you want to go ahead?
1: Oh, well, I just wanted to say that with the reporting on the treatment and portrayals of women, there's a similar thing. Um, you know, black people are saying a similar thing, but you know, a lot of black people have said, you know what, we're tired of being portrayed as slaves.
0: Yep.
1: Uh, Right. You know, I, I love the movie, The Help, but I can also see how Black people are would be tired of seeing themselves portrayed as slaves and and really low level in all you know or criminals. Yeah. Right. And I mean that's part of the reason why I enjoy Hidden Figures so much. Why so many women enjoy Hidden Figures so much? Right. Is not only do we have three women, three very intelligent women making a difference at NASA, but they're black, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're not playing waitresses. They're not playing slaves mm-hmm. or, or housemaids.
0: Getting shit done positions. Uh, yeah. What I wanted to ask is I guess I should have start off. Well, it doesn't matter who cares. Um, <laughs> have you had, was your mother very feminist, like embraced? Like
1: was this? Yeah. So I was raised by a um, single mom, who was a second wave feminist. So mm-hmm. in the living room um, bookshelves, there were books wow. by, you know, Gloria Steinem. Wow. Um, Lucky. <laughs> Marilyn French, Germaine Greer, oh, okay. you know, just, yeah. and, you know, etc. a lot of, yeah. so I've been considering myself, I've considered my, myself a feminist since I was 16, although I suspect I probably was one before that, just mm-hmm. without, without realizing, without using the word, but definitely, and I'm 46 now. So for the last 30 years, I've been calling myself a feminist. Nice. And for the longest time, I actually just equated the word feminist with the word woman because Mm. a woman is, or sorry, a feminist is basically a female who champions the rights of females. So it, you know, it makes, it made sense in my mind for the longest time that if you're a female, you're a feminist, because why wouldn't you champion the rights of your own sex class?
0: A great question. Right? That's the liberal feminist. You're really blessed in that way. Um, I definitely wasn't raised. I mean, I think a lot of women aren't raised like that. So I think you had a wonderful upbringing, sounds like. I don't know if you had interest in it. Well, I wouldn't say it was a wonderful
1: upbringing. Well, (laughs) but um,
0: just I guess it's better late than never for me or other women that find it eventually, hopefully. But um, but
1: for for getting to know the women's movement, mm -hmm. um, and you know, in the first and the second modern waves of feminism, in that respect, it was really helpful. It it was great to have a mother who was um, who was a strong. Yeah. and independent
0: yeah That's
1: she big yeah deal.
0: i mean it's what it's something modeled <laughs> off of um i mean obviously i'm not saying that your life would or anyone's life is perfect by any means but um i just didn't have that model and again like i don't think a lot of women do necessarily um because it's so stigmatized like yeah i didn't i was so hesitant calling myself anything feminist because so there's so many times but feminism to me was like Annoying, loud, uh opinionated. Like this is so misog- I know it's misogynistic, but I had this very male idea behind anything feminist related. I mean, that word is still
1: demonized, oh, yeah. so
0: made fun of to this day. I mean, I, I, I think it most of it, I know. I think most of it is talking about liberal feminism, which is. I'm like, I get it, but it also is like I, people aren't even fucking aware of radical feminism. Liberal feminism, not the same thing. I mean, I didn't know that for God's sake. Like, I don't, I think people that.
1: That's something I discovered recently. Honestly, I, I only discovered Mm, liberal feminists and their whole, um, sex work is, is empowering in the last few years, you know, but, but the idea that the sexual exploitation of women could be empowering is just so bonkers. Like, like, Oh, you do the misogyny for them i think that's all progr- it's all it's all media <laughs> so and bizarre.
0: um hollywood pond i just, just oh i think that that's mostly like programming and males putting that in whatever advertising i think just so many you know billy bullshit. it's just people people have sold their souls and they're being used they're just absolute puppets um yeah i mean i could go off about that but yeah
1: well, we need, more, we need more positive role models. And that's why I think it's really good for women and girls to see movies like Suffragette mm-hmm. or Maiden Dagenham, you know. Especially now, yeah. To see women fighting back. Like mm-hmm. Suffragette, you see women fighting back against mm-hmm. misogyny. That's very uplifting. Yes. Right? It's in right. Maiden Dagenham, you see women fighting for equal pay, something that we still don't have. I, I mean, I I don't know what the numbers are in the US, but in Canada, we're still, Canadian women still don't make a dollar, you know, for the, for, you know, for the men, like we're, it's still, we don't have equal pay yet. It's not a dollar for a dollar. I think it's 87 cents or mm. something like that. Like it's not even 90 cents for every time a man makes a dog like in Quebec or sorry, in Canada, actually, Mm -hmm. I'm from Quebec originally. Um, in Quebec, men prevented women from getting the vote until 1940. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just learned not that long ago, the Boston marathon didn't allow women until like 1984 or something. I was like, what? And when they did, I think that's, was that the same year where that woman got, uh, assaulted by the organizer for the damn marathon oh. they got photos of it he like jumped out of a car yeah it oh was I mild. didn't know
1: that she was assaulted. oh you haven't no. seen that I, th-
0: I think that was Boston Marathon it was one of the marathons it's like legendary woman ran in it and I think it was her husband running next to her and men running alongside her and for the most part she got yay wow whoa a woman but I think it was the literal organizer for that marathon that jumped oh, out of the yeah. vehicle and like tried to pull her shirt and the men like Ran into him to get him the fuck off her. I was. like I've seen wow. a black and
1: white picture, but I yeah. didn't realize it was one of the organizers. That's. I think that's what I really, read. Yeah. Really yeah. telling. Really telling. I, I know. Like, I was
0: like, "Fool! Did you <laughs> did you set up the cameras to photograph you? Like, did you think that would work in your favor somehow?
1: So well, that happened. Okay, Shoot, yeah. So, but we always frame it in a way that is that glosses over who who the perpetrators are who is mm. doing who is doing this like we say women weren't allowed to run in the boston marathon until 1984 okay I, but it could be over here don't quote me i'm sure okay I'm but what really happened no i think that's right mm. what's what really happened is men prevented women from running yes in the boston thank marathon you I'm, uh, yeah. until 1984 just like men prevented women in quebec from voting until 1940 men like men rape are women. Pre- women
0: don't get raped men rape women that, that's right that's exactly that it i'm so bad i i really try yeah. to consciously work on framing that accurately thank you so much for correcting really it's it's accurate saying a man raped a woman not woman gets raped that's yeah. ridiculous well well
1: and if you say woman get raped gets raped i mean you you are you're you're protecting yeah. the perpetrator. You
0: Don't even state that it's a man. Why?
1: Why are, why, are, why are we doing that? Why aren't no we one. just...
0: Men protect men.
1: You know, like if, if you think of... Like I have two sons. And when they were little, you know, if, if one of them bashed the other one over the head, I wouldn't say to my husband, you know, and so for the purpose of this interview, I'll just call them James and Johnny, but those aren't mm-hmm. their real names. You yeah. know, I wouldn't say to my husband... James got hit over the head. I would say Johnny <laughs> smacked James yes. over the head, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. so so why are we all, like, the woman gets raped? No, like, man, you know, so it, it would be like Toronto man rapes woman, mm-hmm. you know, 38-year-old woman or whatever, right? Well, like, we, we shouldn't be protecting them. And maybe if there was less of this, protecting perpetrators maybe there would be fewer perpetrators hmm.
0: yeah shame and guilt or i don't even know
1: yeah 100%. so, so and cool. like a, a sort sort of a related but different thing is the way we name serial killers i mean mm. serial killers are predominantly men like yeah. like the vast majority I'm not saying that there has never been a serial killer who is a woman because there have been, but the vast majority of serial killers have been men and we're always naming them. Why are we naming them? That's just mm. like we should mm. be naming their victims, yes, and not naming them.
0: Exactly. I know. Let's make movies about And and,
1: and making movies about them, yeah. like that is totally insane. What totally what message glorifying. does that send to to young men? You know, if you're a total loser and you don't know what to do with your life and you're going nowhere, become a serial killer because someday somebody will make a movie about you. Like that is one way for you to achieve fame. You can't achieve anything else in your life, but you could achieve fame this way. Well, exactly. That's the whole thing.
0: I remember that. I remember thinking about that. And I believe the media or someone made a accurate stink about it with the Columbine killers that they were naming you know naming them um and showing their faces and i i vividly remember i don't know who it was that, that was like you know why are, stop doing this like we need to stop naming these killers because it's giving them notoriety fame whatever it doesn't matter if they're dead or alive they still are being blasted just the fact that yeah exactly what you said um blasted over the news, like, nonstop. It's like, you don't need to name these people, dude. You don't, in any, like, at all. They're not necessary. Name the victims, you know? They're the... We should be remembering the people that uh, died needlessly at the hands of these, you know, maniacs. That just, that's such a... I wish that was enforced. Um, I think that some journalists take that seriously on naming them or how they frame how it's written. Um spoke to someone about that, and I, I wondered, like, which... Um, You know journalists or uh, news companies honor that system of not being very careful about how they report on these things i I don't even know who takes that seriously i don't even know it existed that people actually cared about that
1: well it's like the reporting on on suicides right i mean when you report on a suicide you're supposed to their their guidelines for reporting on this so that you not triggering encouraging other people to go down the same path of self-harm right you're supposed to be it, it, like it's responsible journalism mm-hmm. how,
0: what is it supposed to be you're not supposed to name that how, how is that framed? i have no idea
1: uh, i read the guidelines once a long time ago i don't remember exactly and because i'm not a journalist i don't i don't really i know i don't need to know <laughs> what the guidelines yeah. are exactly
0: no i'm just curious
1: but um but I even hesitated for half a second there before I used the word,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? Good. It's good to think just... about things. <laughs>
0: yep, that's well, a serious impact.
1: They're in, they're in some respects, you need to be careful. Yeah, for sure. Right? I mean, we, we should be aiming, everybody should be aiming for a better world, a happier, more hopeful world. <laughs> so yep. if there's anything we can do, then we should be doing it.
0: Yes. Well said. Wow. Well, this has been amazing. Um, is there any last things you wanna add?
1: Um can I plug my friend Linda? No, I was gonna play? say yeah, I was gonna say if
0: there's any Links or where people can find you, and whatnot. Go, Yay!
1: Go buy this book because. Where can they buy it? I'm unsporting How Trans Activism and Science Denial Destroying Sport. Um, they can, well, they can order it off of Amazon, but they should contact, people should contact their local library and request it. They yeah. should contact their independent bookstore. That's my favorite option always your independent bookstore and ask them to order it in but you know um i understand if you're like me super impatient and Mm -hmm. you want a copy of the book to send to the prime minister then you just Mm -hmm. order it off of amazon yeah um isn't the website for
0: that the uh, unsporting.com i believe
1: that's right thank you Mm unsporting.com what about where she is a national treasure Yeah, I've heard. She's awesome. Um, Yeah. Um, Where can people find me? So on my YouTube channel, AC Picks, there are lots of really uplifting movie clips on this channel. So ladies, if you are, you know, you are interested on the basis of sex or suffragette or whatever, and you just want to get, see a clip. From the movie, I've got a bunch of clips mm-hmm. on this channel, and I also have some film commentaries for my Japanese socks film commentaries, <laughs> but there, there aren't very many. Um, it isn't a visual experience, it's a listening experience, yeah. even though it's a YouTube, because mm-hmm. really it's just a shot of my socks, right? <laughs> so that doesn't, it's not super fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also got a website that has. Lots and lots of film commentary on there. It's sexualizationofwomen.com. Sexualization with a Z. And if you want to, um, I actually, okay, so this is kind of a five minute discussion. If you want I don't to, know. If it, go okay, for it. okay, so, um, if you, this is another way to support Vancouver Rape Relief and Women's Shelter. I, Last June, I self-published a wee coffee table book entitled What is a Woman? Here it is. And 50% of the profits from the sale of that book go direct, well, go to me and then I send them a check. Vancouver Rape Relief and Women's Shelter. Um, And part of the reason I did this um, well, the reason that I'm sending 50, you know, I'm giving 50% of the profits to them is because in 2020, Vancouver Rape Relief and Women's Shelter lost its city funding due to its woman-only policy. Mm-hmm. It refused to allow men who self-identify as women to access the shelter and rape crisis center, and that annual municipal funding represented roughly $34,000. So that's a lot of money to lose for standing up. For women and saying, no, like actually, we're we're going to protect women. We're going to keep protecting, protect women. So that's a lot of money to lose.
0: Thank you for doing that. And they can find the book on your through your website links.
1: I'm assuming Um, there's or Amazon. There's there's probably a link. No, that's sold through Blurb. So I can send you the link to that. But there's um through Blurb.ca is where they would order it. I'll put it
0: it. in the description box.
1: Thank you very much. No problem. Yeah, I just, I, um, yeah, last, uh, last June when I discovered that the world had gone completely mental bonkers, I decided to, um, make this little coffee table book as a reminder because so many people seem to have forgotten what a woman is. Not, sorry, it has nothing to do with film.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What? No, it's fine. I mean, this is all completely relevant for sure. Um, thank you so much for doing what you do. That's your voice matters. My voice matters. And just making a book, doing the blog stuff, just not stop, you know, fighting for women and girls. It has such a huge impact. Like somehow we just find each other, you know, especially, I guess the one good thing about the internet is me and other women connecting with other women that are, um, yeah, that's the advocates thing. and uh, yeah. That we can more. find each other. Yeah. Especially that yeah, we the- know about even the same country and got connected to you and Stella and all these other, you know, powerful women.
1: Well, I think if I couldn't um, talk about these injustices in some way, it would be terrible because especially because of the court interpreting and Mm. you know the eight years of listening to all of these horrendous stories about women and girls um so so it's a way of coping it's a coping mechanism right but thank you very much for having me on really appreciate it really enjoyed talking to you today yay
0: thank you so much well catch y'all later